welcome to Agronomy for Farmer Success, a podcast brought to you by Osmus Farm Supply. You work for results. That's why the Enlist weed control system gives you flexible tank mixing, near zero volatility, a wide application window, and proven weed control. Because the Enlist system was built for your results. Get better weed control with no ifs, ands, or buts at Enlist.com. Enlist.com. We are back in the studio today, and we have Scott Youngman with us. And Scott is with Corteva, and his role within the company is that he is the Enlist Field Specialist, and his territory is the whole state of Iowa. We're pretty lucky today that we have one of the top guys for Enlist to answer our questions. We're going to talk to Scott. And Scott, as we enter the fourth season of the Enlist product being on the market, can you tell us and give us a broad overview of the Enlist system and the products within the system? Absolutely, Michelle. The the products in the system, it's all designed around a new herbicide trait combination. You know, we changed the soybean. The trait is the E3 trait, which brings glyphosate, glufosinate, and 240 choline tolerance. And then we changed the herbicide. We changed it from the old 240 esters of yesteryear to the to the 240 choline that's in Enlist One or Enlist Duo. And so together with the with the trait and the herbicide, uh, it's the fastest growing herbicide trait system. It's the fastest growing herbicide in the United States on soybeans, uh, bar none. Yes, Scott, we have seen that growth here at Osmus within our customer break, and especially Devin with his Pioneer customers. We're seeing that growth trend with the Enlist product. Can you explain how Enlist is a little bit different and stands out from other products on the market? Oh, I love that question, Shell. Um, it's it's vastly different. It's a new trait, and it's a new herbicide. And the, the, probably the biggest thing is, you know, people are familiar with the fact that 2,4-D is, you know, pretty phenomenal broadleaf product. They use it in their lawns uh, for years, uh, probably at about a pint per acre rate. Well, now we're using 2,4-D at a quart, but it's not that 2,4-D ester that could potentially volatilize. We're using a product 2,4-D choline now that has near zero volatility. And, and that's the big, big change is we can go out there and get the weed control from a, you know, with a quart of Enlist One. Um, it's phenomenal in all the broadleafs in our area here. And uh, we can do it with a near zero volatility. And we've even got Colex D, our uh, drift retardants in that, in that jug too. So you've hit on it a little bit how Enlist is different, but what are the primary benefits that growers are going to see when they switch from a dicamba system to an Enlist system? Yeah, yeah, great question. The, the biggest difference that people are going to see with Enlist versus dicamba is, is around ease of application, ease of use. We call it the neighbor-friendly product. Again, we're dealing with a herbicide that has near zero volatility. And the other thing is that soybeans naturally, whether they have the E3 trade in them or not, soybeans naturally have tolerance to 2,4-D, some, some tolerance. I mean, it takes 60% of the normal use rate just to you know really injure soybeans. That's what our data would show us 
that would cause a 50% yield loss. Whereas with dicamba, you know, 5% of the normal use rate would cause a 50% yield loss. So soybeans have this natural tolerance. The good, what that really means, that's the feature. The benefit is they can be downwind. So there's a lot of plenish beans growing in the area. They can be right across the fence downwind when that grower's making that, you know, that legal application of, of enlist that day. We just got done with a meeting that we had some growers in and I'm going to kind of bounce back on that that Enlist has really gone above and beyond with adding those drift tolerant chemicals within the package and recommending them in your tank mixes so could you go into that a little bit? You know the tank mix that that Osmos is using is one of our favorites they're using Enlist glyphosate preferably with a crop oil or an MSO and then they're putting a metolachlor in there for residual. And so using a super pre-herbicide down, you know, there's some great choices out there, whether it's Archiver or Sonic or some of the products you offer that are different than that. There's some great pre's. Following up with an enlist glyphosate or enlist glufosinate, we always require a second tank mix partner, uh, not necessarily for the broadleaf control, but more for the, the resistance management. Uh, we, we, wanna, we wanna avoid resistance before it starts. To use the expression, dead weeds don't breed. Um, if they're 100% gone, you know, there's no way the resistance can be forming. And the other thing I really like about what you guys are doing is you're putting in that pint of metolachlor for that second shot of residual to carry you through canopy. Talk to your AFS agronomist if you have questions on what your tank mix should be for Enlist and other products that you could be putting in there to optimize that pass. What can growers expect, Scott, for weed control and the response when they use Enlist? You can expect outstanding weed control. Um, that's that's pretty much a given. If they, you know, tr- we want you to use it properly, and I'll go into what what that means. And, and you know, we want that herbicide applied correctly in terms of gallonage, in terms of of of, of pressure and the right nozzles. But what they can expect is outstanding weed control. I mean, we're talking about a you know a, pro, a product that's unequal. Really, truly is uh, a quarter of two four D calling in enlist one is really unequal. And then when you tag team it with glyphosate or bufosinate and throw in that metolachlor, um, they can expect clean fields. The other thing you know that happens on rare occasion, you're pulling out of the field, you sprayed 160 acres, and you're pulling out and seeing that first step you sprayed, you might see some weeds that are already starting to turn starting to droop and, and roll their heads. And that's that 240 oxen effect taking hold already. So it's working that fast. Sometimes you might see what we call soybean droop. And this is on an E3 soybean. It happens, I'm gonna say less than 5% of the time, but sometimes you'll see those E3 soybeans droop for just a little bit too. It's a metabolic trait, meaning the plant has to really, you know, chews it up and metabolizes that herbicide internally. And it kind of takes an hour or two off to, to do that. Next morning, you'll see those beans upright and certainly not a yield, no yield losses or anything associated with it. Realizing that that's a good thing to see, that means that the weeds are also feeling the effect of that, but your beans aren't going to die, but your weeds are. So beans uh, tend to bounce back a little bit quicker. Yeah, and, and, and it's pretty rare. It's still pretty rare. I mean, I we did have a grower uh, in that meeting that had seen it when we asked and they raised their hands. 
Um, it can be it can be a little hair raising if you, you're not expecting it too. It's like what the heck I I bought these soybeans. <laughs> and especially after a season last year where you had frost early that got your beans, then you saw that, then you had drought, then you had heat, and you it was just kind of like everybody was all worried about it. But we did not see any yield loss in those beans that had that drooping effect or had some type of visual effect from the chemical. Well, we're talking about two things too though. Let me clear. So the drooping effect that in list could, you know, enlist herbicide that about three, four percent of the time will do to soybeans, you know, that drooping effect. That'll be gone the next morning. That certainly doesn't cause a yield loss. On the other side, the flip side is we did have a lot of dicamba movement last year. And so we had a lot of E3 beans. Our soybeans were cupping from dicamba from the extend soybeans. Now don't get me wrong, the extend system's a great weed control program, but but it's getting to be a little outdated in terms of a herbicide that's that has some volatility problems with the extent. So there was a lot of cupping going on. And I think one of the things we talked about in the meeting today was that even though E3 beans might have cupped from a from some dicamba movement from the neighbors, um, usually that didn't result in any yield loss. That's that's the thing. And we don't nobody wants to see cupping on their beans. And, and so that's why the E3 system's taken off like it is, though. So as we talked about that dicamba and drift onto another field. I want to touch on that this season, as we go into the fourth season, there are more options for your nozzles when you're applying Enlist to really secure that, that you are getting the product where it needs to be and you're reducing that drift. Because Lord knows we don't want to spend money at the prices chemicals are today to spray our neighbor's field. (laughs) We want that chemical going on our field and killing our weeds. So could you go into a little bit of the nozzle options that are available this year? Absolutely. Great question. Um, First thing I'll say is Enlist herbicides, they land on target and they stay on target. And one of the reasons they land on target, certainly the Cole XD that's in the jug, but is the fact that growers choose the right nozzles. We want growers going back more to the nozzles of yesteryear, coverage nozzles. So not the TTIs that they've been using for dicamba for drift control. We want a nozzle that's more designed for coverage. So if you're using a T-Jet system, which many are, the T-Jet AIXR or the T-Jet AITTJ, that's the twin fan nozzle. Those are two very, very popular in-list nozzles. And you'll see they create a smaller droplet and they get better coverage and we get great weed control. Along those lines, I want to add one little more tidbit. Don't slow that sprayer down around the edges. Keep that pressure high. Remember, we, we you know we've got a herbicide that's relatively safe to use, you know, followed on label, and we want to make sure we get out weed control around that outside of that field too. So it's not like dicamba where we had to do that, but we wanted to do that because we we're worried about drift and volatility. Now we've got a more manual, neighbor-friendly product. And for those of you listening today, we will list um, in the comments of this podcast the website that will have and list all of the nozzle options that you would you would have. So if you're questioning which one you have on your sprayer, if it's going to work this year, go down to the comments section and click on that link and you will find all that information right there for you. With our re-registration this year, which was a great thing, we got a seven-year continued registration on Enlist herbicides. Uh, on that new label, we added a lot more new nozzles. We had great selections before, the AIXRs, the AITTJs, but now there's even more. Like for example, we had the AI uh, 11005. The 05 nozzle was missing within list one. 
uh, that T-Jet nozzle, very popular nozzle. So uh, great, great nozzles on this new label. Go to enlist.com and and poke around there and you'll find all this information there. Scott, as we've talked about enlist within the bean system and on broadleaf herbicides and, and that kind of stuff, what is best to use with the enlist system to address our volunteer corn in our fields and keep those soybean fields clean? Yeah, great question. Great question. Clethodim is our number one choice of tank mix. And there's a lot of brands that Clethodim comes in. I know Osmus sells a, their, their brand that, that uh, I'm sure is, is, is top of the line. Um, but, you know, that's typically in Select Max or other products. Clethodim is our choice of volunteer corn, hands down, uh, no second. Um, and we always raise the rate. Because the 2,4-D that's in there, when you tank mix with 2,4-D and list one, you will get a little antagonism of that corn killer. So instead of eight ounces of clethodem, we use 10, 11, 12 to start out with. I think even with growers that have heavy volunteer corn pressure, I think some people are even spraying separate applications to manage the volunteer corn and just going out there with clethodem alone. Of course, we always add crop oil with that too because clethodem needs it. And I think this year with some of the weather conditions we have, AFS has a broad, um, a large regional area. And we do have some of those, uh, some of our growers that were in that wind area that had some down corn. And uh, volunteer corn could be an issue and a concern for some of those. So again, if you are looking at that volunteer corn being an issue in some of your soybean fields, talk to your AFS agronomist and ensure that you have the right product at the right rate within the enlist system to address your volunteer corn concerns for this season coming up. Scott, you talked briefly when we talked about the nozzles about the new registration. Could you touch on maybe some of the sensitive areas and some of the EPA concerns that they have with the enlist system? Well, you know, it's a good question. It's always a good question to, to address. You know, again, we just got our registration. So the EPA kind of gave us our clean bill of health. And really, you're not going to see much uh, impact there. We did reduce our label from full flower to beginning flower from R2 to R1. Uh, we did that uh, in, to address the fact that uh, the EPA is just requiring all pesticides really to try to stay off that flowering stage in soybeans as it relates to insects. So if you have any questions on that new label, again, you can go to the comments section and it'll bring you to the enlist.com and all that information will be there. Now, you did touch on that you were your application of enlist goes by the flowering stage of the soybean. Enlist does not have a date cutoff you have a stage cutoff. Could you touch on that just real briefly? Yeah, that's a great question. Great question because I know there's some dicamba users out there that are switching over. And, you know, dicamba has a, a date cutoff. I think in Minnesota it's June 12th and Iowa it's June 30th. And you can't spray dicamba after those dates. We are always R1 beginning flower, which coincidentally is the same label as, uh, you know, that works with glyphosate and glufosinate too, all the way to R1. If it was replant soybeans and, and weeds needed to kill in July, you can spray and list. Uh, it, is a, it, is a, it is a stage of growth cutoff R1 beginning flower and it allows a ton of flexibility. Yes, the flexibility is going to be key as we kind of progress into these, well, I don't know when I have a lot of snow and I don't want to say it, but <laughs> potentially in early spring, but then sometimes you can get stuff in. And like last year, we had an early frost and we had that replant. So it opens up some flexibilities there. You've hit on a lot of stuff today. 
And the growers that were in the meeting, they had some great questions for you too, and we've hit on those. Do you have any final closing comments or some additional perspectives that you would like our growers to hear? Well, you know, I think the, the exciting thing is, 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 you know, Pioneer and, and our other brands move into a full enlist platform or the yield and the agronomics. I mean, I come a little bit more from the crop protection side, but I work closely with that and, and I understand where we're at on that. And I think that the genetic offerings that Dick Devin will talk to, to your growers about is, is second to none and will just only get better. Uh, that's probably the one thing I'd really drive home. With this exciting herbicide trade combination, we've got the genetics and the yield and the agronomics that growers have to have. And I only see the trend of enlist increasing and not decreasing. One of the things that I thought was interesting in the meeting is Enlist is actually made in Iowa, that none of the active ingredients are brought from overseas. So product supply and the supply chain (laughs) for the Enlist product seems to be a little bit more secure going into the near future than maybe some of the other ones. Yeah, I I talked to... uh... A friend of mine who works for a competitive seed company, and he told me this morning that he was going to use Enlist system out in the South Dakota border only because he could get Enlist herbicides this year. The other ones were limited. So he switched over this year for that same reason. Yeah, there's a, there's ample supply of Enlist, Enlist 1. Well, we want to thank Scott for coming in today and talking to our growers in person and doing the podcast for us. Thank Corteva for sponsoring this podcast. And if you have any questions about something you've heard in this podcast or how to incorporate the Enlist system in your operation, give your Osmus Farm Supply agronomist a call. They will help you out and get everything settled for you so that you can go into and make the transition to Enlist. Thanks for coming, Scott. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for listening to Agronomy for Farmer Success. If you'd like any additional information, please contact your trusted Osmus Farm Supply agronomist. Please make sure to subscribe to Agronomy for Farmer Success on your podcast player of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and more to be notified when new episodes become available.